Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to Give Him the Biz. Dan Avon alongside my partner, that is Matt Marino, who comes to us, of course, from New York City. He is the NFL agent and right in the thick of it. And Matty, how are you this afternoon? Great, Dan. How are you, man? How's everything going? Well, I tell you what, it's going as good as one could imagine, considering the conditions. But regardless of the world being in this panic mode, it seems as though it's business as usual for the NFL, which is strange in and of itself. We can talk about that coming up in just a bit. But let's there's so much to unpack here, Matt. Before we get into, of course, is the first day that players can negotiate with teams. I wasn't sure what to expect, but it's a complete frenzy. There are trades. There are teams that are, are uh, labeling players as their franchise. I mean, it is going off as per usual, if not a little bit more so. But let's start with the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement that came to a head and the proposed CBA agreed to by that of the players. First of all, as we begin there, Matt, were you surprised? What were your thoughts of the outcome? You know, I was a little surprised. You know, I was actually expecting it to get to get turned down. I think, you know, with the climate and just so much going on in the past uh, probably 10 days or so, you know, I got to I gotta imagine that plays a small role in it too. Um, and I think probably with a lot of players, um, it, it's, you know, it ended up playing a bigger role. Um, but I think, you know, for the, from the player's standpoint, um, you know, it was well communicated. Obviously, some players abstained from voting uh, about – 500 I want to say you know so it's tough to see you know guys not vote on it because it obviously does you know set them up for for 10 years but um but yeah you know I, I was a little shocked um I think you know certainly like I said the climate definitely impacted though a little bit so when you say that the climate impacted it because it was a narrow vote I think there was only like something like 60 votes that separated the two yeah yeah so exactly. with the coronavirus do you think that there was a sense of urgency in terms of accepting the deal on the part of the players yeah, I think there was some urgency there. And I think, you know, one of the things that the owners were depending on is that, look, you know, you had that roster of, of 53, you know, 10 with the practice squad, um, 63. So you have about 2,500 players um, who paid dues last year who could vote. And, you know, uh, the owners are expecting, you know, it to be, you know, 20 players, obviously, that, um, you know, are, are making good money, you know, have a, have a concrete job for next year. And, and then those – the other group is is the ones where they're hoping are, are going to be pushing, you know, to take this deal because, you know, they want to see them take that deal. Um, and I think that's where it kind of, you know, separates out. So, so for them, um, it makes sense because those are the type of players that are just, you know, looking to get one game check next year. Right. And then stay on the roster for week two, stay on for week three. Um, so for those guys, you know, the deal is great. You know, you have 20% increases in salary year over year, um, obviously, you know, the, the revenue, everyone talks about the revenue split. It's at 47%. It goes up to 48, 48 and a half then, um, in 2021, 2022, hopefully from the player standpoint, there's a media kicker, you know, going, um, you know, towards that 17th game that is, is now in the deal. But, um, but yeah, I think from the, you know, just a, a big overview, um, you know, the, the owners really, you know, came out on top here and, and got what they want. I think that the concessions that, that they were putting on the table um, really weren't, you know, massive concessions, you know, for what they were asking players to do. Um, and then and you got to take the, um, you know, the former players into account. I mean, all of these players that are voting on it now are current players, but, you know, you have a, you're going to be a former player a lot longer than you're going to be a current player. And I think that's the thing that goes a little bit unnoticed. Um, those guys aren't voted on it. And, you know, for players to lose 20% um, of, 
their disability insurance, you know, as foreign players, I think that's really, you know, really a hurtful one that, you know, probably it's, it's a little short-sighted right now. You're thinking about, you know, all right, the immediate one, two, three years, you know, how long maybe playing football, you're not thinking about the next 40 years of your life where you're going to need, you know, um, you know, that stuff, you know, to be, to be around. If this was not agreed upon by the players, do you think, because there seemed to be this sort of consensus that there could be a lockout because the, the owners were very adamant. If this was not ratified, do you think that we could be looking at a work stoppage or to put it in fan terminology, no games played this year potentially? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, yeah, absolutely. If this was not ratified, the players didn't agree to it, um, you know, there wasn't going to be, you know, a, another offer on the table right now. It was going to be put in, the, put in the drawer and it'll be taken back out, you know, when the time came, but that wasn't going to be, you know, anytime soon. Um, so, you know, the owners were, and I think also, you know, from their standpoint, they feel like they, they got a little bit, you know, too far ahead of themselves because of what happened in, in the, you know, the stock market, the economy, um, and certainly, you know, what their expectations were when they put it on the table, they didn't expect all this to trans, you know, transpire. Um, so for them, I, I wish, I, I think they wish they, you know, they could have put some of the toothpaste back in the tube and they couldn't at that point. So I think almost by default a little bit, that's what happened. The players said, oh man, like this is, you know, this is fantastic. We ha- you know, how do we not take this offer? Um, and that's kind of the, the, the snowball effect that it, you know, that it maintains. So yeah, you would have been looking at no football, um, certainly no free agency. Well, free agency right now, but certainly no free agency next year. Um, and then, you know, that would have been, you know, basically the, the repeat of 2011 where you would have been, you know, sitting around, um, you know, watching them draft and, and not knowing who your team was going to, you know, or who your team did sign in free agency because it didn't happen um, until August and, and possibly later on, uh, depending how long, the, you know, the players could withstand that. You touched on this a little bit, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to expound. The icons of the sport right now, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, J.J. Watt, Richard Sherman, these guys are adamant not to accept this deal. Why? Well, for them, you know, obviously the player's standpoint is, look, you know, they're getting the 17th game. And, you know, for playing a 17th game, you, you want to, you know, obviously make some – some concessions and and really score some points. Um, And from their standpoint, they don't feel like, look, these are the top end, you know, top end earners on an NFL roster. They don't feel like, you know, they're really being compensated fairly for it. Um, Yeah. You know, the, the marijuana policy, you know, it's two weeks of testing, which is really nothing. Um, And, you know, sure. You know, the, the, uh, the off season hours have decreased as well. Um, But really for the 17th game, um, they felt that they should be being, you know, certainly paid, you know, increases, um, you know, that were um, incremental and, you know, getting up to a number where, you know, the revenue split was was closer to 50-50. Um, and they didn't feel like that was, you know, certainly um, even discussed in the CBA um, or, you know, in the negotiation process. So, so for players at the top end of the roster, um, you know, those are the guys that really, you know, had the voice and, and obviously had the forum, the platform, to, you know, to put their thoughts out there. Um, the guys that are, you know, number 51, number 52, 53 on the roster, um, they don't really have that same platform um, unless, you know, you're a, you're a long-term vet and just hanging on at this point playing special teams. But, but yeah, if you're a quarterback, you know, a top-end roster guy, you know, you're making, you know, 15, 20 million a year, you know, you aren't going to, you know, you aren't going to be affected in the same way that a guy that's, um, you know, just trying to play game by game is really, you know, is really affected. Um, he just wants to be able to stay in the league 
you know, get his paycheck, cash his paycheck, just like anybody else. Um, those top end roster guys are the, are the ones that are, you know, feel like their value is, is being, you know, kind of cut a little bit here. So just to clarify, the 17th game won't be added until the 2021 season. But for this upcoming campaign, we are looking at two more playoff teams. Is that correct? And also for, as a matter of fact, it's going into play as we speak, that you can no longer, you can franchise a player, but there's no longer a franchise transition. Is that all correct? Yep. So, the, yeah, so you can only choose one of the two. It can't be, you can't have a franchise and a transition okay. tag on the same team. Um, so you'll be able to do one or the other, just like, you know, you have done in past years and, and correct. Yep. You got the, the postseason will expand by two games. Um, that estimated revenue was about 150 million. Um, so player costs between 70, 75, maybe a little bit north of that. Um, the NFL will also make a legacy payment uh, around 60 to 65 million to the NFL players association. Um, so and uh, the player cost will be at 47% of all revenue. Um, so that's for the 2020 season. Um, and then, you know, starting 2021 um, and 2022, you know, the, the, the um, annual revenue goes up to 48% for the players. And then um, it'll, you know, it says in the CBA a 16 or 17-game season, but everyone knows it's a 17-game season at this point. Um, you know, in, in 2021, um, that's when the uh, – if it does hit 17 games, the, uh, the player costs go up to 48.5%. Um, of the split with the owners. Um, so it's, it's inching closer to the 50% mark, but still not there yet. Um, and, and that's kind of the, uh, the pushback you have from, from guys like Aaron Rodgers or J.J. Watt, Russell Wilson, Richard Sherman, um, who are those top-end roster guys. Like all sports, the NFL makes their money from television contracts, Major League Baseball Massive. and the NBA being the same. The, the TV deal is coming up for renewal. Did the players do better in terms of getting a slice of that pie, Matt? Um, I mean, you know, I don't think we'll know in, until this, well, until all of this kind of clears up, right? You, you have so many things going on with the economy now, too, that one of the fears for the owners is that they wanted to get this deal done so then they can go and take it, you know, to the, you know, their TV partners, um, you know, possibly ABC coming back, but certainly Fox, CBS, NBC, um, and ESPN, where they can, you know, bump up that, that revenue. Um, and they felt that, if the CBA was done, you know, they could do a better job at negotiating those, um, those deals and certainly, you know, adding, um, you know, two NF two um, playoff games and then adding, you know, a game regular season game in 2021. Um, so, you know, those, you know, those deals, yeah, they stand up, you know, obviously increase in value. Um, you saw the salary cap for 2020 um, was just announced about a day and a half ago and that, that grew about 10 million. So, you know, with that, you're going to see increases in the salary cap and hopefully spending, um, you know, across the league in terms of, you know, what, what teams can, you know, give the players. But, um, but obviously, you know, yeah, Dan, you mentioned it a little bit too, you know, you have some player movement on kind of the first day of, you know, quote unquote free agency, um, you know, under the tampering rules, but um, you know, not as much as you usually have, you know, you don't have these, you know, these massive signings, you know, coming right off the bat. Um, you do have some trades, you know, the Colts made a big one, um, you know, the, the, uh, the Texans obviously made one with the, with the Cardinals, but you don't have these, these massive quarterback numbers coming in yet, um, you know, outside of Ryan Tannenhill. Um, so, so, yeah, I think there's a little bit of a, a hesitation on the team side, you know, right now with everything that's going on with the, with the virus and, and the economy. Um, you know, they don't really know how things stand and, you know, what the whole process is going to be. Is there going to be a draft in April? You know, right now the NFL says yes, and it's going to be televised and, you know, no, you know, no public viewings. But, um, 
you know, the, the whole draft process is going to be thrown off a little bit. And I think that that obviously does throw off free agency. Um, and because of that, you know, everything gets affected and, you know, that could end up, you know, affecting the TV deals and, and when and uh, how much they get done at. So let's talk about what's going on today, because it really is interesting. Just from the standpoint that everybody, right, everybody has just turned the off switch when it comes to professional sports and life in general. I live in San Francisco. There's just an edict that came down that you can't leave your house. It's illegal. You're prohibited by the law now to leave your house in San Francisco unless it's for an emergency. But here's the NFL, and I'm not sure what to think of this because obviously you put it in its proper perspective, but they're negotiating with players. How is this going to work? Will a player actually get on a flight? go to a respective city, visit the compound, go through the physical. If he's going on a flight, doesn't that put him in danger? Does that mean that there has to be people at the facility? I mean, can you walk me through how this is just, how this is playing out just from a logistical coronavirus standpoint? Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely different. Um, You know, so, so basically there will not be, um, you know, any of these stuff, you know, kind of the bells and whistles that you normally see. Right. So you're not going to have um, the, you know, players going in to take a physical, you know, sitting next to the owner, sitting next to the head coach, you know, doing a presser. You're not going to have any of that stuff. Right. So, yeah, these these deals will be agreed to. Um, and, you know, the deals will basically be uh, will, will commence, you know, when the uh, opportunity arises that they can then sign these deals. So right now it's really just. Um, you know, putting, putting everything in motion, right? So players are not getting on a flight. They're not going to go to the new facilities, which obviously changes um, a lot of things, right? So they can't, you know, sit down with their, with their new franchises, their new teams, their new coaches. You know, they won't be able to go through organized team activities. Um, I think that's also something that plays in the free agency. You don't have the ability just to, you know, be at the facility and pick up a new offense, pick up a new defensive scheme um, like you had in past years. So I think that also gives teams, you know, the hesitation. Do we want to sign these guys without them being able to come in, you know, sit down, learn our book and Hey, you know what, just pick it up and go. Um, So right now it's, it's, yeah, the NFL, look, they take pride in, you know, covering or, you know, kind of opening up their game when other people aren't right. So, you, you see this, you know, throughout the calendar year, you know, the NFL wants to own parts of the calendar, right? They, they want to own, you know, the off season. And, you know, this time of the year, normally you have, you know, all that free agency movement. It even overtakes the, you know, the NBA and NHL and even start the major league baseball. Um, you know, then you have a month later, you know, they're going to own the, you know, they're all in April because of the draft. Um, you know, you look at the end of February, they own the end of February and beginning of March because of the combine and then free agency running right into it. So you have the NFL, they, they like to own pieces of the calendar and take that away. And, and while all these other sports have, you know, basically taken themselves out of the, you know, out of the calendar, the NFL just kind of says, all right, you know what, we're just going to keep going. Uh, we're going to keep going about it, going about our business. We're going to have free agency. Um, the league year is scheduled to start on Wednesday. And as of this morning, you know, based off the NFLPA, um, they have no, you know, no plans to, uh, to change that number, change that date. Um, the only thing as of right now that has changed is, is the draft won't have, you know, any public viewing April 23rd to April 25th. Um, so that's the only thing that's been, been changing the schedule so far, um, in terms of a free agency. So the NFL just continues to, to take these months and, and put their stamp on these months and own the, own the months, own the weeks, um, and certainly own a new cycle because of that. That's interesting. And you can understand the logic because it's not actually like they're playing games. You don't have arenas filled with, with thousands and thousands of, 
of people and there's, there's not the fans. There's obviously not the players on the field. So maybe they feel there's a wrinkle because we're just negotiating and we're just wheeling and dealing. So maybe we can get around this. I just think that the optics, Maddie, is a little weird. Well, yeah. everybody is, I mean, typically, yeah. Wow. D hop Hopkins went to Arizona. That's newsworthy or, you know, Ryan Tannehill signs for 118 million and 60 million guaranteed cousins gets an extension out in Minnesota. Typically these are things that you talk about, but now it's sort of like, Hey man, where am I going to get fresh water? Am I going to, you know, what about daycare? What am I, how am I going to get through this week? People are wondering how they're going to literally get through a month. I mean, fundamentally living day to day. So I just think from maybe a PR standpoint, it's all very bizarre. And on top of that, when you look at situations like this, whether it's MLB, whether it's the NBA, you look for leadership. You need some sort of guidance, somebody to just come out there and say, okay, this is what we've decided to do. This is where we're at. This is the coronavirus. This is how we're working around it and or with it. So when you talk about leadership, I just have one question. Where's Roger Goodell? He's been, yeah, he's been very silent. Um, and, you know, he's obviously the mouthpiece for 32 owners, right? So, you know, that's what they pay him for. Um, you see how, you know, Adam and Adam Silver is, you know, he was, I would say, you know, certainly, you know, David Stern, you know, uh, who who uh, was the NBA commissioner for such a long time was was probably, the, you know, the guy that was the best in the business at doing it, um, running that league and, you know, turning it over to Adam Silver, he just really followed in his footsteps. So, you know, you, you look to the NBA as, as kind of the most proactive, um, certainly as a player-friendly league as well, but just really, you know, they get the pulse, they get, you know, they get it. Um, you know, the NFL has never really gotten it. Um, obviously, it's the most popular, you know, sport in the country, you know, from a viewership standpoint, gambling, fantasy football, um, but they've never really just gotten it. And I think that's obviously, that plays into it, right? You have, you have the optics you talked about, you know, you have, you know, Jack Conklin signing a new deal. You know, the Texans trade with the Cardinals, um, you know, DeForest Buckner going to the Colts and, and signing for $21 million. Um, so you have all these situations um, that are, you know, like you said, the general public might not be as interested in them as they normally are um, because they are trying to, you know, stay in, in their house or trying to figure out, you know, where their next meal is, you know, coming from or, you know, how to get by just, you know, throughout the week. Um because of what's going on. And, and yeah, I think that's part of the thing, you know, the, the, the teams normally, you know, they want that, that ROI, so to speak, when you do sign a big time free agent, you want that guy up there on the podium next to your star player, next to your head coach, next to your GM, you know, next to your owner, you know, shaking hands, holding up the Jersey. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons, you know, you don't have um, these, this massive following as, as you normally have in, in previous years, um, you know, that's, that's going to it, but, but certainly the optics are just really strange and, and the leadership from the NFL to league office, um, you know, it's, it's always been a little bit, always been a little bit, uh, tough to find. Um, but I'm very shocked that, at this just, you know, uh, you know, a commissioner of Roger Goodell, Goodell standard, you would think he's going to say something, you know, speak up, have a, you know, have a statement on behalf of the league, have a, you know, a statement on the behalf of the 32 owners, um, that really, you know, hits on, you know, what's going on and, and kind of gives everyone, you know, a second to digest it and say, hey, look, all right, this is what the NFL is going to do. Um, you know, we talked to the Players Association, we talked to the union, um, we've talked to 32 member clubs, and, you know, this is how we're going to go about it. But um seems to be a lot of confusion. You know, certainly, you know, uh, staff is not at their facilities. You know, they can't be there. 
Um, the pre-draft process has been put on hold. Um, you can't, you know, watch, you know, NFL draft prospects work out um, off campus, on campus, you know, at their team facilities. They can't bring them in or anything like that. Um, so, so it's, it's been a lot of confusion. Um, and I think that kind of goes to, you know, just the entire climate as well. But, um, but yeah, you expect better out of the NFL and uh, certainly NFL Players Association as well to protect the players. Well, and just to clarify, because there's been some finger pointing that's gone on here. And again, Roger Goodell could put an end to all of this. But I've read two different accounts where the NFL says, no, 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 don't put this on us. This is the PA. This is the Players Association. They want to go through with this. They have a sense of urgency. They feel mm-hmm. as though with the coronavirus that they want these deals that they want to negotiate. It's not us. They're putting the proverbial gun to our head. Blame it on them. And then the players, as I understand, the Players Association have a completely – different view that it's no this is the nfl that is instigating all of this i mean is somebody right or wrong in this instance matt um you know i don't think you're ever going to find out who actually is right or wrong right or whoever you know who is putting you know more pressure on who but you know i do know that um certainly um from the players association standpoint um you know they want to get these deals done mainly because they don't know when the bottom of this you know situation that we're in is right maybe it's two weeks you know, maybe it's two months, maybe it's, you know, ends up being four or five months. And, you know, one of the things that you got to be concerned about is if these deals get done today um, and if they're just, you know, to be determined at a later date, um, you know, if they're just handshake deals that, you know, that are done today and, you know, if this were the hypothetical and, you know, you then have the draft and then some of these teams say, oh, well, you know what, you know, we agreed to that, you know, on March 16th, but uh, well, now we drafted someone who's younger and cheaper you know, I think we're going to back out of that deal. We did March 16th because it was never signed. Um, the Players Association has a, you know, they really have a, a, you know, a point where they want to get these deals done, signed. Obviously, they can't be official because players aren't getting physicals at their team facilities. Um, and then, you know, that obviously takes some takes some cash out of the players' hands because the owners can't get that ROI in terms of what we were talking about earlier. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, from the Players Association standpoint, you know, they, they certainly made a push to get this done. Um, the NFL, just like I talked about before, you know, they have an agenda. They want to own these months. They want to own the media cycle. Um, and clearly, um, because of what is going on in the media cycle and in the news away from sports, they haven't owned it. Um, and they feel, all right, let's take some of that. Let's take some of that back. So, uh, I think you might have a little bit of a a push or a little bit of a collusion from both sides that, um, you know, they want to put the blame on each other, but, um, in the end, it's actually working out for both sides, uh, pretty well. Because it's so chaotic, could there potentially be a provision worked into a contract that says, should we not play football games, we're not obligated to pay you? I mean, if you were an agent, you obviously are an agent with NFL current players, but if you were an agent for an NBA player, I guess this kind of comes to the forefront. Are NBA players right now getting paid? And I'm I'm assuming they would, but if they don't play basketball again this year, is an owner obligated to to pay out the, the remainder of that contract. I'm assuming they are. Yep. Yeah. So there's, there's clauses that are, that are entered in these contracts, not just for, you know, a pandemic or, you know, a, a sickness, um, but obviously for, for death, for natural disasters, um, for war, um, you know, so there are, there are clauses that are entered into these, uh, into these contracts for these, you know, specific situations. Um, and yeah, players, you know, players do, um, you know, owners obviously have insurance about it. Players have loss of value insurance and, and other types of insurance. But, um, but yeah, owners are paying players. Um, you know, that's um, been kind of what is happening in the NBA or NHL right now. Um, you know, even though that 
you know, games are not going on. You see obviously players then helping out the, the staff of those arenas and, and those franchises as well, turning around and, and using that money um, to support them as well. But yeah, owners are definitely paying players right now. And, and yeah, those, those clauses are in those contracts. So for a player, you know, signing a new deal, you know, March 16th um, and the season not taking place, I think that's a, that's a new one, actually. Um, you know, that's something you have to, you know, enter into this contract, you know, different clauses where, um, you know, the off season program is going to be severely, severely diminished. Um, certainly um, it could end up going into to mini camp and training camp in the summertime. Um, and you don't really know, like I said before, um, no one really knows when the, you know, the kind of the end of this is or the bottom of it is when, you know, when these things, you know, large groups can resume. So uh, I think, you know, going into these new deals um, before they actually are become, you know, before they can become official, um, you're going to see, you know, a lot more, uh, you know, detailed um, language, you know, on these provisions. Getting back to the CBA for a second, Matt, this was such a divisive and such a close vote. Do you think that potentially whenever they do get back to playing football and going back to a locker room, maybe it's a good thing that they aren't united right now or that the OTAs aren't right around the corner. Could this potentially fracture a locker room? And I know these votes are anonymous, but do you think it's one of those things that maybe separates or can trickle down to actually the players not getting along because of the way they voted on the CBA this year? Yeah, and I think you see a little bit of that too, just, you know, from a, um, from a standpoint of, uh, you know, uh, the internet or, you know, from Twitter or anything like that, you, you see a bit of a little, you know, pushback from, from players that are in the two different camps. You know, you have that, that camp where the, the top end guys and you have the camp that's, um, you know, guys just, you know, trying to make a roster and, and stay, you know, game check the game check. But, but yeah, for sure. Um, just like a lot of things, you know, in a lot of offices and a lot of corporate settings, you're going to have, you know, disagreements among employees and, in the same capacity, you have disagreements in locker rooms, um, you know, when, when teams are traveling. So I think that's, that's very possible. I think, you know, one of the bigger things you might see um, is a lot of former players speaking out against it. Um, certainly um, that's the group that, that really was affected, you know, a ton, but um, you know, and they're not even allowed to vote on this issue um, because they're no longer a union, you know, paying due men, uh, paying, paying dues to the union. Um, but, but certainly, you know, you have, you know, young guys um, in the prime of their career um, who are not yet stars that are, are voting on this issue. And then you have guys that are 34, 35 years old who are trying to hang on, you know, maybe get a year or two out of it, um, you know, a year or two more, uh, more wages and, and, you know, really voting on it as well too. So you have a lot of different perspectives. Um, and, you know, the guys that are 34, you know, maybe they're thinking about the next, you know, 20 to 30 years of their life. The guys that are 23, 24, who are just coming into maybe their, their peak years in the NFL or what they believe are their peak years in the NFL, you know, they're not really thinking about that. They're thinking of the next two to three years. Um, and, hey, look, I'm going to hit a big, you know, big contract here, big second deal. Um, when those guys on the way out, you know, they've already done that. Um, and they're just trying to hang on at this point. So, yeah, I, I anticipate that there will be some, you know, be some back and forth. Um, certainly, um, you know, you, you've seen some of that already just, you know, within the media and within social media. I was surprised that we talked about the 500 players that didn't even vote. Yeah. I and mean, that's nearly 20% of the league. It is. And is that something you would talk? I mean, because it's, look, you don't have to go through the 462 pages. I highly doubt that the majority of the players did that. Maybe they did. But you could, I mean, it's as easy as just right? It's on your cell phone. You can just basically click onto that thing. It takes about less than 30 seconds. Am I oversimplifying it, Matt? 
Not much. No, not much. I mean, yeah. And, and it's, and it's up to you to, you know, to use as much detail as you want, right. You can, you can go through it with your agent. You can go through it with an attorney. Um, and in certain cases, players do hire attorneys to go through this, um, you know, with them and, and how it affects them. They can go through it with their accountants. Um, you know, obviously, um, like I just talked about before, you know, players that are, you know, maybe at the end of their careers, they go through it with their, with their wife or their family. Um, and, and certainly, you know, maybe their financial advisors to, to hopefully understand what it means for, you know, for their retirement. Um, so yeah, they had plenty of time to go through this. Uh, I think it's also disheartening. It's disheartening to me that, you know, that many players didn't vote on it. Um, and, you know, you're never really going to know who, you know, who that group is, um, you know, that, but, you know, for that many players not to, not to vote on it, kind of not care. Um, you know, it, it's pretty disheartening on, you know, for the NFL Players Association, you know, I think they should make it mandatory that, you know, everyone has to vote on it, you know, to get a, you know, to get this, uh, to get it ratified. I mean, I know that's not the case right now. I know it, it obviously changes some things, but I, I think, you know, certainly um, if you're voting, and I think this where it goes back to the foreign players, if those foreign players don't even have a vote, but they're being affected by it, um, that's something that bothers me uh, because you're going to be a foreign player a lot longer than you're going to be an NFL player. Um, and I think that's what you have to you know, realize, you know, when you're voting on this thing. That's a good point. Now we should leave it right there because regardless whether you believe in it should be ratified or were you against it, the 17th game doesn't make sense, the two extra play, whatever, you didn't get to 50% as a player. There is peace in the NFL for the next 11 years. And I guess for the, the so-called fan base, that's basically all they want is to see football games being played. Whether that happens, whether the NBA, whether we ever see professional sports again at this point, I have no idea. Matt, we should talk again because, as we know, the big day is coming up. And, well, we're coming to you on a Monday. So in two days, we will have the free agent, official free agent signing. And then, of course, there's that conjecture and the expectations of potentially where one Tom Brady is, is going to go. And we can maybe reconvene and find out where we're at in terms of free agency and how that whole thing is taking place. It is very, very bizarre in that we're going forward with this and we have not heard – from one Roger Goodell. But Matt, let's, let's talk later this week. If you have an opportunity, maybe catch everybody up on what's going on in the latest in terms of not only the CBA, but free agency. Free agency, new league year, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we get some clarity on some other sports and, you know, how they're planning to, to, uh, to deal with everything. But yeah, it's, it's a definitely a bizarre time. And, and like you said too, you know, you, you want that, you want that leadership up at the top. So uh, certainly would be, would be great to hear from uh, the person that is tasked with, uh, you know, being the mouthpiece for the 32 teams. Well, Matty, maybe one of these shows I can actually sign off without saying, wash your hands. But until then, my man, wash your hands. We'll talk again later. For Matt Marino, this is Dan Devone in San Francisco saying so long, everybody. Cheers, Dan. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.